Middle school is arguably one of the most anxiety-inducing times in a child's life. New faces, evil teachers, bullies galore, and a lactose-crazed villain who just wants to, as it may seem, murder some kids. Well, that wasn't our experience, but that was the experience of the hero of this episode. Today, we try to relive our middle school days and talk about Max Keeble's big move, here on Purely Nostalgia. Welcome to Purely Nostalgia, the podcast where we look at the movies that we were into as kids with our adult eyes. My name is Eli Shapsmith. And I'm Clint Candle Daddy Page. Candle Daddy. That's a new one. Why? Wow, man, what an intro, Eli. <laughs> well, uh, it's actually from a movie that I watched recently. I didn't make it up myself. <laughs> hey, how do your neighbors feel about that? Oh, man, my neighbors. I do have neighbors now because I just moved into a new apartment on my own. No roommates, which is great because it's not going to interrupt podcasting. Also, though, I do not have any furniture yet. I'm sitting <laughs> in the floor um, podcasting here. Um, got my little setup, but I'm just sitting cross-legged, crisslo- crisscross applesauce on the floor. Hands in your lap. Crisscross applesauce, lap. hand in your lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being very respectful of my neighbors, except for when I did just yell, ma 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 margin <laughs> call real loud. And I did also forget to hit this button. That would have added a lot. Um, But it's good to be here. It's good to be here with you. Um, Just excited about the future and what it holds for our podcast in this new environment. That's great and everything. Um, But I do want to point out the fact that you yelled margin call (laughs) about five times. (laughs) Yeah, that was not my first take. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get the best take. (laughs) I just really wanted to nail the margin call. And you did. It was very good. It was I think very it was pretty good. good. It wasn't Orlando quite Brown would be proud. Yeah. Oh man. He. That is my. Ugh, we'll get into it. But man, that's one of the best parts of the movie. Um. Well, have you been doing anything of note lately? Ah <laughs> uh, ha I have actually. I have been to the land of milk and honey. Chuck Disney Cheese? World. Uh, oh yes. I. I've been to Disney World. I actually just got back two days ago and i'm still very tired um i haven't slowed down really any at all uh just got back from seeing jurassic world fallen kingdom with my fiance and um that that was a doo-doo movie i also just saw um, that movie recently yeah i don't know if doo-doos that's kind of strong i didn't love it oh it's like okay it's a pee-pee it's a pee-pee it's a pee-pee movie is what it is to be honest Uh, the funniest part of the whole movie. Um, uh, mm-hmm. what do you usually usually consume in a movie? Popcorn. Uh huh. I also consumed popcorn and a diet coke in the movie. Okay. Um, my fiance, however, uh, told me she brought a snack, and I look over, and she pulls out of her purse some Tupperware, and. <laughs> She proceeds to eat the chili that she brought with her. <laughs> oh, God. Did you not know that she was bringing it in? I know. 
and there's somebody beside her and it smells I mean, it doesn't smell bad but it has an odor um and so she continues to eat her chili that she brought into jurassic world fallen kingdom <laughs> <laughs> she probably had a better time with that movie than i did while snacking oh, on that chili yeah <laughs> classic theater food <laughs> chili that's great um uh, but yes, uh, Disney World, uh, yeah, back to Disney, was very good. Um, this was a, a big one for me. Uh, it was a it was a, a a a day of first, a week of first. Uh, the biggest one is that this was my um, first time flying on a commercial aeroplane, and you did not die. I did not. Uh, however, the I think I told you about it. The trip back flying to Nashville was very turbulent very turbulent to the point where they're like everybody please sit down uh you know stewardess sit down strap yourself in don't die uh and that was horrifying Uh, that's just what happens on planes it's windy up in the sky Uh, yeah but i got tossed around like like i was a a lowly cabin boy when you get like that when you step into that big metal giant tube of chapstick that they toss into the sky you mm-hmm. got to know that you're going to bounce around a little bit. Did the did the oxygen masks come down and you had no, to put those they, on? No, they didn't. They did not come down. Then I don't um, want to hear it. Well, I, I this was my first time being a sky person, and so it was very scary for me. Um, I, I I did tell you like in all earnestness that I was afraid to be on this plane mm-hmm. uh, coming home because I didn't enjoy the flying there back, and so. To um to comfort you to comfort me um you, you what did you tell me I told you that I hope it crashed and you did not survive uh huh it was you... all in good fun it was to to make light of the situation and let yeah. you know that it was all everything was gonna be okay and everything and okay that now. yeah and that was very funny letting you know that I was gonna that you wanted me to crash and die in an airplane accident sure um it it didn't happen. Surprise! Spoiler alert! Did we not did, happen. We did take a Twitter poll. Um, yeah, and um, hey, the results were a lot closer than I was really hoping for. Here, <laughs> a lot of people um, kind of were hoping. Kind of were hoping that I die in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Um, the tweet itself said, "I'm about to fly home. I am scared of planes, but at Eli Shap Smith." <laughs> Uh, genuinely wants me to die in a plane crash. See, genuinely, I? I don't know about. I don't know if I would say genuinely. Well, that's what the tweet says, so we're stuck with that now. I would say uh, disingenuously. Want, disingenuously wants yeah, you to die in a plane crash. Uh, and I said, uh, "Should I? You vote and choose um, your own adventure." It was forty-seven percent uh, yes, um, <laughs> and fifty-three percent no. Again, a lot closer than I had really hoped for. It's just, I mean, you should be flattered that that many people want you to have a memorable um, sort of departure. A memorable passing. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, it would be pretty beautiful, especially because um, the person that I would die beside was a little old lady. Um, So that was was sweet. Were, Were you sitting... Not with your family? Were you just next to an old lady? Yeah, I was next to an old lady. I, I got the bum seat. Okay. So. I was in the very back of the plane, too, so that was even worse. Well, I mean, I guess... If no, like I, had... I was like I was trash. I just want to make it clear right now. I didn't want everyone else to die. Just you. 
Just me. Oh, okay. Um, so let's play this scenario out. Mm-hmm. The the plane is falling from the skies, and they everyone just, they else, ran out of gas. The pilot comes ra- over the loudspeaker thing and he says, "Folks, I done goofed. I did. I did forget to fill this this guy up with gas when we." When we pulled out of the parking lot, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to do an emergency landing here in the ocean because we ran out of gas and we're falling from the sky now. And then everybody looks at the looks at each other and they don't seem bothered because they've got their safety suits on. And their safety then, suits. Yes, this like is like Iron Man scenario. suits that they put on. Yeah, yeah. They look at their necklace and then they press their necklace and then a safety, <laughs> some safety armor comes around them. Yeah, everyone's but, wearing these weird jogging suits, and you're like, why uh-huh. does everyone dress like this? And they push a button on their chest, and then they turn into Iron Man. And then they they zoom away, but even the even the pilot zooms away. He's just abandoned the ship because he f- he knows that sky people know this, that they need to bring their Iron Man suits. Right. But since this was my first time being a sky man, um, I didn't know. I left mine at home. Stupid me. Um, and and I just, I, I go down in, in the ocean with the airplane. This, uh, you wanted to play this scenario out. This is just how it ends? You just... Yeah, so, I mean, I'm dead. It. I'm dead. You want to you want to go from me being in heaven too? No, we did that last week. Um, That's true. <laughs> we did a lot of afterlife stuff last week. Yeah, we don't a lot have to of do heaven jokes last week. <laughs> a lot of heaven jokes last week. We'll try <laughs> not to. Um, we'll try not to talk quite as much about church camp this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to talk to. We'll try not to evangelize too much. Softcore <laughs> evangelize too much this week. Yeah, um, we could start um, posting more like chick tracks on our our twitter account though can i tell you my favorite chick track that i've ever received you can. and then i promise we'll get into the content sure i so everybody always if you've ever been to gatlinburg uh you will receive a chick tract guaranteed gatlinburg and, for those unfamiliar is just a it's, it's a little southern las vegas uh but much 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 tinier <laughs> And and I love Gatlinburg. I absolutely it's not Las love Vegas it. at all. There's no casinos. It's just a bunch of like putt putt courses. It's great. Yeah, I love Gatlinburg. Uh, but I was up there with my college improv group one year and humble um, brag. Humble brag. I was a collegiate improviser. Um, I never went there with my choir in college. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was up there walking around and a guy um, shoved a chick track in my face and i was like i'm not gonna be rude i'm from a christian university i'll i'll take it and just say like hey thank you you saved me and then uh <laughs> thank you sir they, i'll see you, you sir <laughs> see you in heaven. thank you sir may i have another please so i can also evangelize i have a friend who i think would also very much enjoy heaven <laughs> <laughs> i wish to see my mother but um he he gave it to me and then i wanted to look through it and you know kind of laugh at it a little bit in all honesty and the best one was called um well uh pepito's shoes that was the name of it and it was about did you just say pito's shoes no pepito pepito no pepito okay i thought you said okay pepito's Pepito's shoes um and pepito's father uh was a gambler of course. And uh yeah, they were a very poor family. Um and his dad just gambled, 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 but Pepito loved his father because his unconditional agape love. Sure. And um, you know, like Jesus for us. Mm-hmm. Um and 
one night Pepito's father was like, I'm going to go out. And um, he was like, Papa, here's some money for my shoes. And he's like, all right, cool. So naturally, Mr. Pepito uh, gambles away uh, Papa the Pepito. shoes. Papa Pepito gambles away little Pepito's shoes, his oh, shoe sure. money. And while he, there's like a, a split and you see Mr. Pepito losing. He's not a very good gambler, but he likes the thrill. Uh, losing and l- real Pepito comes running along because he wants to give his father a hug, naturally, in the middle of the night, but it's raining. And Pepito gets lost. And then he gets hypothermia. And then his dad finds him. <laughs> and he's laying in a puddle. And, and his dad finds him. And he's like, I shouldn't have gambled away your shoe money. <laughs> and Because um, that would have saved him, you know. Sure. And, and then he's like, Papa, I'm cold. And then he dies. And, what? And that's, uh, that's Pepito's shoes. That's how. And then I was saved. So. What does the what does the shoes have to do with the gambling part? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, or yeah. or anything. What does the whole story have to do with salvation? Nothing. I'm not sure. Clint, we do have to talk about Max Keeble's big move today. Yeah, we do. Eventually, we have to. Eventually, at some point, we, you make it sound as though that's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Okay, so just a quick intro. We we did we we left it to the listeners to decide if we were going to talk about Max Keeble's big move or robots. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Keeble won not quite in a landslide. It not wasn't a lot. No, but uh, um, that's, that's the movie we're talking about this week. Um, and I I just want to say, okay, experience. let's talk about our experience with this one as a kid. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> I'll go first. Okay. This movie um, was incredibly important to me as a kid. Probably definitely much more than spy kids um mm-hmm. since this is the first non-spy kids movie that we've talked about um i feel like it's worth mentioning i've i've definitely seen this more than i've seen any of the spy kids movies um and oh wow i, I don't know i think i started i this the whole idea of us doing a podcast about spy kids kind of started from me like a couple of years years ago just deciding hey i'm going to tweet about spy kids a lot as a joke um i did like a a, a 30 days of think thanks thing where like every day was just me thinking god for a different spy kids movie and <laughs> uh and and so like the the whole like love for spy kids thing kind of started as a bit and and i definitely do like love it on some level but i just want to like i'm i'm saying all that to say max keeble it was never a joke for me i always loved it so much as a kid it's real to me, dang it. <laughs> it's so it's it's very much real to me. Um and I didn't realize how many times I had seen it as a kid until I watched this movie and knew almost every line as <laughs> as it happened. And like it it was just in my brain lying there dormant, but like I didn't know that I knew every line of this movie until I started watching it. And apparently I've even watched um all the way through the end of the credits several times because I I knew every credits song that played. Like, it was weird. So this was like a, a Manchurian candidate moment for you? Yes. Where when Max Keeble's big move came on, your eyes dilated and you were, like, activated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. So Ready I, to serve, comrade. <laughs> I, I, I just was completely taken off guard by how much of this movie I had memorized. And, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, so it was a very interesting experience watching it again last night. Uh, it, it, it was a very important movie to me. How about you? Was this an important movie to you as a kid? You're, you're going to hate me because honestly, no. It wasn't okay. incredibly Not important to you. me. Uh, however, however, this movie as a kid to me was quintessential summer. This was my summer movie that I loved for a few reasons. It was just, it was very like freeing, obviously. And we'll talk about that. Like the whole movie was just very like lackadaisical, you know, wacky nonsense. And as a kid, you know, coming out of elementary school, that's what summer was to you. It's just like goof off time. Right. You know, aside from some summer reading and AR tests, but, um, that's, that's kind of how it was for me. But the second reason it was like that is because, uh, I didn't have Disney channel when I was younger, didn't have it. Um, I also didn't go to the movies a whole lot as uh-huh. a kid. Um, and when I did, they were mo- mostly like animated movies. However, um, this movie came on Disney television a lot. So whenever we'd stay in a hotel, uh, I do remember watching this movie quite a bit. I did see it in theaters. I, I know that, but I didn't see it a lot. No, I actually take that back. I did not see it in theaters. I'm, And I hate that I did that just now, but I got this movie mixed up with another movie. And I hate myself that I got it mixed up. What movie? Snow Day. Oh, a similar movie. It's got one actor that's the same. Yeah, it has Josh Peck in it. Wait, really? um, Then it's got two because the girl's also in it. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, Josh Peck is also in that movie. Okay. But um, I, I hate that I got that mixed up, but this, like I said, this movie was quintessential summer quintessential goof quintessential nonsense you know just good good times um going down to the pool coming back and drying off and watching this movie that loved it loved it as a kid um i i want to i don't think i did see it in theaters and i want to clear this up because i've had several people like when i've mentioned this movie to people they've gone like oh yeah that's one of my favorite like disney channel movies and this is not a Disney Channel original movie. A lot of people no, no. think it is, and I can see why they would think that because it does kind of feel like one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did come out in theaters right um, before, to, <laughs> no, right after nine eleven. Well, yeah, came out. Came out. Um, I think like half a month, like fifteen days, uh-huh. right after nine eleven happened. And you know, much to the chagrin of the people who invested in this movie. I mean, obviously, they were more concerned about the fact that 9-11 had just happened, but this movie tanked in the box office. Right, and a lot Absolutely. of other movies did. That a lot of movies just weren't did. going to the movies. Yeah, they, they weren't wanting fun. I mean, I was in elementary school, but, you know, talking to my parents about it, um, people just were not wanting fun. So, yeah, it, it kind of it tanked in so, the box office. So if 9-11 had not happened, do you think this would have been the highest grossing film of all time? Yes. Yes, of course. So, um, it actually yeah. it brought in. It, oh man, this is rough. It brought in eighteen million dollars U.S. box office. Yikes, Zach, uh, Max. Which is which is very low. Almost called him Zach. Zach Keeble. Zach Keeble's big move. The sequel. Which, the squeakle. The squeakle. Which the the budget for this movie was twenty five million. So that's that's pretty rough. Um. But it, be- yeah, yep, yep. But um, because it was a Disney property and they're able to do this, and probably because it tanked so much, 
it was pulled pretty quickly and just put on Disney Channel. So, right, and so yeah, I guess that's why a lot of people think it's a Disney Channel movie because it came on Disney Channel all a the time. lot, a um, lot. I, I, like you, did not have Disney Channel as a kid. I ha- I got it much later in life and thus was probably one of the kids that watched Disney Channel when I was probably a little bit too old to be watching Disney Channel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't believe in that in that nonsense. Like, nobody's yeah. too old for Disney Channel. Yeah, <laughs> but like I was. I, like, I was in Disney World, and this trip was mainly for my niece, honestly, and for my mother. But, you know, my mother's a kid at heart mm-hmm. more so than me. But I had a fun time at Disney. So you're never too young, never too old for Disney. No, not at all. Um, so, uh, I'm curious to hear your opinions of this movie after rewatching it. What did you think? Um, this was a very crowded, messy, um, hodgepodge of a lot of stuff being thrown at you movie. Uh Uh-huh. However, I loved watching it. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) I agree. I, I don't, I think you probably couldn't call it a masterpiece. But no. it also does a few things really, really well, and it's just so, so, so fun. It, it, it is. It was. I had such a fun time watching it. Like with the Spy Kids movies, you know, I'm not trying to say I didn't put in the work with it, uh-huh. but I was just kind of like half minding watching those. With this one, it was like, all right, I'm ready. Right. I think. I mean, this is definitely my favorite movie we've watched for the podcast oh, so yeah, far. Absolutely. And um, of course, there were a lot of dumb things in it, but sure. it was self-aware dumb at least um yeah so i think it's it's just it's so funny like there's so many just really good jokes in it that just work yeah, really yeah. well and i was laughing a lot um i think that the the beginning section of the movie like since there are like you said there's so much that happens in this movie there's so many different characters and stuff which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. it's so fun but the first section of the movie is just like introducing all the different characters and storylines and stuff like that and so like it feels like it feels like 30 minutes of exposition yeah but that's also like the most fun part of the movie cuz it's just a kid going to this very strange school and like mm-hmm. running into all these kooky characters um it's very very funny I want a TV I, show of this movie. I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah, an animated series would probably work pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Or even like I don't know. I think <laughs> the thing that came closest to capturing the spirit of this movie was Ned Z Classified School. Oh, uh, I was just about to say that. I <laughs> feel like Ned Z Classified. Show. Yeah, I feel like Ned Z Classified. Which I, if we don't review that, I'm going to be very upset. I think we should but, now. Yeah, yeah, but um, Ned Z Classified. I'm almost 100 percent positive was purely inspired by I think so Max too Keeble's big move. I never would have said that before rewatching Max Keeble, but I, I think so too. A lot of the just like the the, the quirkiness, the the camaraderie of it, the of way like the, the kids. The exaggerated evilness of some of the teachers and authority figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. It's so funny because that's that's how you perceive your authority figures as a kid is being like all just like evil they all want to destroy you and so in this movie that's how that's the reality the repressiveness that you feel as a child like especially if you're kind of a a a ragamuffin you know kid it's like Mm -hmm. you you feel like everybody's out to get you right and everyone is certainly out to get everyone is out to get you suspicions Um, confirmed everyone's out to get you everyone's out to get max for sure oh yeah 100 percent. he does not deserve the vitriol Max represents the, the common middle schooler. Um, oh yeah, he doesn't deserve 
all the the scorn that Principal Jim Drake gives him. Does not deserve it. In in my job, I work with a lot of middle school kids, and and so that I think that was one reason I I enjoyed this movie is because it is a very good depiction of what a middle school is like. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. very accurate, just in a lot of ways. The it's it's so funny to me. It's a junior high, I guess. I think so. Max is a seventh grader, and then yeah. it, it is revealed that the girl that he has a crush on, which we'll get into that later, is a ninth grader. So I guess this is a junior high. So it's like seventh through ninth grade. Yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. accurate depiction of what that age group is like. Yeah. Um, so do you want to jump into the plot of this movie? Oh, I am ready. I am ready too. So the first scene of the movie is we get this sick chase scene <laughs> uh, where he's on his bike. Uh, Max is a, is a paper boy in real life. So, um, so he's like, just like right in through the neighborhood, uh, dodging the S- evil ice cream man who's trying slinging to in the news. Yeah. He's slinging papers like a pro. Um, the, the ice cream man is trying to actually destroy him. He's going over mm-hmm. ramps and like jumping on like trucks and stuff like that. It's yeah. great. Um, we get the idea pretty quickly that this is probably a dream. Um, and surprise it is, but yeah, yeah. Which this movie breaks all the conventions of how to start a good movie. Of Does like, it? Oh, no, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yes. like, don't make it a dream. Don't, <laughs> don't use voiceover. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it, it. It just says, yeah, you know, whatever, and mm-hmm. then it goes. It leans into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the voiceover. Um, there, he does a lot of things throughout the movie where he'll freeze and like talk about like a character, um, which mm-hmm. yes, that's very cliche, but also which was very Ned's declassified. Also, very Ned's declassified too. Um, but I really liked the little animations they would have of the characters as it like, hey, that's my dad, and it like looks like his dad is like a. Uh, a refrigerator magnet that like he yeah. like, sticks onto the screen, um, and then he talks about what his dad does for a living. Whatever, I I, I actually kind of liked those moments, but that may have been just my memory of it as a kid. I don't know. Maybe oh, it's I liked bad, it. Actually. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, he he is riding through, um, on the neighbor. He's riding through the neighborhood on his bike. Um. He runs into the girl that he has a crush on, and he's about to kiss her. And the ice cream man pulls up and shoots him with an ice cream bomb, Mm-mm. um, which or shoots her. It shoot he shoots the girl with an ice cream bomb. Shoots her, yeah, with some some ice cream. And uh, what is her record scratch name again? I don't want to refer to her as the girl. What is her name? It's Jenna. It's totally Jenna. Jenna. Yeah, it's Jenna. So he's about to kiss Jenna. She gets shot with ice cream, um, and then he wakes up. It's at his alarm clock. Um, mm. but I think we should note that the ice cream man who is chasing him during the scene does end up being like one of the villains in this movie. Yeah. And, Jamie Kennedy. And everything in this dream is exaggerated except for the evilness of this ice cream man who really yeah, is as evil as evil he is in, in real dream. life. He's a jerk. <laughs> um, he's a jerk in real life, which funny joke that or, it was a joke, but it's also kind of gross. Uh, the ice cream man played by Jamie Kennedy uh, who is known for Son of the Mask. Um, when, he, when Josh Peck comes up to get some ice cream, which, uh, surprise, Josh Peck is in this, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, he comes up, gets some ice cream, and the ice cream man just looks at him and goes, well, 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 my favorite customer, what can I get for you, Plump Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> that, wait, he called him Plump Daddy? He called him Plump Daddy. I don't remember that. Wow. I'm pretty sure I just peeked out yelling, Plump Daddy! That's kind of, uh, that's that's bullying. Yeah, it was, and it was pretty gross, too. So. Yeah. 
speaking of bullying, um, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of bullies in this movie. I think we should probably. So we've talked about Max is a middle school kid. He's yeah. uh, he's he's gonna go to school. He's got some friends. We'll talk about them in a second. Let's talk about all the villains of this movie first, because all, the, all of the villains. There are several several villains in this movie, and they're yeah. part of what makes the movie so fun. So we've already talked about the ice cream man. He's just an evil ice cream man who I guess wants to destroy children. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> like give them ice cream, but also murder them. So. There is also Troy McGinty, who yes. is a redheaded, leather jacket wearing boy. Who plaid uh, pant, plaid pant boy. Every bully in this movie has a gimmick, like a super villain or something. And then, yeah, so he which walks. Is hilarious. Yes, I love it. He so his gimmick is he walks into the school every morning, and he has some kid's name painted on his t-shirt, and then he opens his jacket, and then that's who the kid he's gonna like beat up that day. Which is hilarious. It's great. So day one, it's Max Keeble. Ooh. Yep. Um. That's Troy McGinty. We also know that uh, him and Max were friends as kids, uh, but he got embarrassed by something that Max, but he by Max of proxy, I guess. But right, he so he's terrified of McGoogles. <laughs> McGoogles the frog, who is a frog, uh, um, a now, bagpipe playing mascot. Now, he, so McGoogles is. Max's father is not McGoogles. McGoogles is a t- is a TV show frog that Max's dad dressed up as once, right? For a birthday party. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, and he's terrified of him. Uh, McGoogles is me name. I like a smoky bog. It's time to play a game of with your favorite Irish frog. Is the theme song for McGoogles? Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, McGoogles. McGoogles. Um, another, uh, bully is Dobbs. Margin call. Who, yeah, famous for our intro that we did, uh, margin call. Played by, um, yeah, big money. Played by Orlando Brown, who he got his notoriety from That's So Raven, another Disney property. Did he, though, or did he get it from Max Keeble's big move? Because this is his greatest role. That's true. Basically, what his, his character, his gimmick is that he's how old would he be? Like twelve? Yeah, no, he's he's probably a ninth grader, so he's probably okay. fourteen or fifteen. Okay, okay, um, but he he's you know older than Max, mm-hmm. and he made a killing in the stock market as a kid, <laughs> and millions. Age, is what he said. He made he made millions of dollars by the age of ten, and he and lost, then it, lost it by the age of twelve. Um, <laughs> And so he's like, his whole goal is that he's like your typical, give me your lunch money bully. Like, he's not there to beat you up. He's there to take your money. Right. And but he just charges kids for like, yeah, using the bathroom. Using the bathroom. <laughs> but he does it because so he's a funny. larger kid. So, And so he has like his little pond pilot thing, his handheld that he like checks his stocks on and looks at his like third and fourth quarter growth mm-hmm. and everything, but also looks and sees how to charge kids properly. And he wears a suit. Everywhere yeah, he wears a suit every single day to school. And he, which there was that kid in middle school. Every every middle school had him, except he usually was weird. Did um, I don't know that I had one. Oh, mine did. Mine did. A suit every day. Well, he we had uniforms, but he would wear a tie or a bow oh. tie every day. Wow. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's a lot of fun, and him him and Troy sort of team up a lot, which mm-hmm. um I really like the dynamic between the bullies of this movie because it reminds me, it kind of reminds me of like. Um, like 
Batman comics. Not even the comics, like the old, <laughs> more like oh, the, yeah. the 60s TV show. Where yeah, it's where just like the Joker the, or uh, you know, uh, the Penguin would team up together. Right, they're just all just... To, just to screw with people. They're all running around uh, Gotham City, and sometimes they team up, and sometimes they're against each other, and it's just, like, that's that's the dynamic of these bullies. Um, there's Dobbs, there's Troy McGinty, there's also probably the, the number one villain of the movie, I guess you the could say, is Principal Gingerake. Yeah. Um, who is, who says cease, that's his thing. <laughs> cease! Nice, that was good, um, to make people stop talking. Uh, and he is just kind of your typical uh, arrogant, power-hungry principal, I guess. Played by Larry Miller, who um, I think he was really funny at this, personally. Yeah, he's great. And I, I think that like he is the perfect version, and I was watching this thinking this, that he is the perfect version of probably what George Lopez's character in Sharkboy and Lava Girl wanted to be. Yeah, but in still in that movie, it still seemed like they were trying to make him a decent guy, too. Ah, well... Uh, uh, the villain part, at least. Yeah, I, yeah there's no redeeming. That. There's no redeeming qualities about Principal Jim Drake. Yeah, uh, very funny, very arrogant, and just weird. You can definitely draw a sharp contrast between, like, this depiction of a school and the the depiction of a school that we see in Sharkboy and Lava Girl. This is oh, much yeah. more fun, much funnier, and I would say much more accurate. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, I don't want to get hung up on Sharkboy and Lava Girl and the c- constant comparisons that we make to every movie, but... <laughs> do you think we'll re- we'll compare every single movie that we do on this podcast to Sharkboy to and Shark Lava Boy Girl? To Sharkboy and Lava Girl, which, oddly enough, is semi how we got the idea originally to do a podcast by comparing every play that we saw to Shrek. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, we, we got to do that podcast sometime soon, too. Uh, here's the thing. Um, I I used to have the full audio of it, but I lost it. I don't uh, have it anymore. It would so. be so fun to release that eventually. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. It was bad. We were gonna but... just compare everything that we see to Shrek. Um, it it wasn't but, good anyway. Yeah, b- back on back on track. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So that's the four main bad guys: the Ice Cream Man, Troy McGinty, Dobbs, and Jen Drake. And then there's also like there's that one teacher that sort of serves as the villain. Yeah, um, she's just you know the the room classroom foil more or less. She's not she's not really a a bad teacher. She's just like kind of anal retentive and just mean. Right. Um, but I would say that the four we mentioned before are the main ones. Um, let's yeah. talk about our main characters as well. Max. All right. Starting out, Max is a he's not a geek, but he's certainly a dweeb. Would you do you oh, think that's accurate? A hundred percent dweeby. <laughs> Which He's, was how I saw myself in middle school. I don't know about you. Uh, I was I was a geek and a dweeb, definitely. Okay. Because Max is like, he's kind of cool, you know? He's but a smug dweeb. He's a, Yeah, he's a smug little dweeb. Um, he's decided this year he's too cool for band. Mm-hmm. Um, until he sees that the girl he has a crush on is... Yeah, until band. he sees Jenna is actually like the best clarinet player, apparently, because she's the number right. one seat. Right. And then he's like, yeah, band... Her name is painted on her seat, Jenna. First yeah, chair. literally, it's painted on there, which is which I thought was hilarious. On the first day of school, it's already painted on there. Painted like the on band there. director went in there and <laughs> set it up for. Her. Um, 
so that's Max. Uh, then he's heavy got... clarinet, heavy clarinet in every song. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's he has his two best friends, which are uh, Megan, which mm-hmm. is she carries her clarinet everywhere she goes. That's really all Max tells us about her. <laughs> she in her tells little... about her is that she carries her clarinet, and she's just she's also kind of dweeby. Yeah, she's but... she's kind of dorky too, in an endearing way. Um, yeah, they're all the three of them are all kind of dorks together. She's kind of tomboyish, I guess. And part of Max's arc in this movie is is him becoming a rebel and like being becoming too cool for his friends and then making his friends sad. But so uh, Megan, I think Megan's a great character. She's just very nice to, to Max and it's just a really good friend. <laughs> Unyieldingly nice. Yeah, she's just a great, loyal, great friend. Well, she also has a crush on him. Totally. Absolutely. And who she's wouldn't look at the kid? She's into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Rogue says. A quote says, from Seinfeld. She likes you. She really likes you. <laughs> but I want to talk about, in my opinion, Max's other friend, the best character in this movie. Probably so. I I mean, it. it everybody has their opinion, but if you disagree, you're wrong. Right. Um, the best character uh, played by Josh Peck his name is uh, his first name is Robert. I know that much, but uh, everyone just calls him Robe um, because does. he wear ever because he just wears the same bathrobe or freak <laughs> with robe for his frequent robe. <laughs> no, freak with robe is what. Troy oh yeah, freak, calls freak him. with robe. Yeah. yeah, freak with robe. Um, just every every single day to school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, it's like, it's got is, like spaceships on it or something, doesn't it? It's light. It's baby blue with spaceships. Which yeah. I thought the funniest part was that he wears like regular clothes. Like he dresses up to go to school, and then he just puts his <laughs> bathrobe on over, over it. it. Like he was in PE, and, and he had the PE uniform on with his bathrobe over it. <laughs> it's very funny. I would say he's the best character from a movie we've covered so far. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. What, He's such a he's such a sweet kid. Yeah, it's really like it, I, I'm not like being jokey here. I think it's a really good performance from Josh Peck. It's just so yeah. funny. He, um, they go on. They're introduced on the school bus, <clears throat> and this is this is one of the moments. Like I told you that I remembered every line of this movie as it came up, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that I knew every line. I knew that I knew this line because this to me is one of the greatest comedic moments from a, a movie ever is when they're on the bus and we've just been introduced to Robe as a character and the bus I know starts what you're moving. Talk about. Yeah. <laughs> the bus starts moving and a can of Coke rolls down the, the middle aisle of the bus. An empty can of Coke. An empty can of Coke. And he picks it up and he goes, sweet, a can. And then he just like <laughs> tilts it back and takes a big sip of it. And uh, it's just great. I don't know. I remember quoting that in high school with my friends. <laughs> sweet, a can. And then his <laughs> friends are just disgusted by him that he uh, did that. It's great. Robe. Which, Robe is, has a proclivity for eating roast stuff, too. That's also part of his character. Yeah. And, and Josh Peck's voice in this movie it's just so hilarious. funny to me. Every everything he says is hilarious because of his voice. He, he his voice hasn't really changed yet. So but it's he's just this like huge this, kid. Sweet, I can. It's great. It's so funny. But this is how Josh Peck actually got his start. Was this was like how he got noticed for the Amanda Show? Uh-huh. Was by this movie. Um. Yeah. It's how Nickelodeon found him. They're like, yep, yep, there he is. And smart grab. You know, he was a money maker for him. He's a funny kid. 
Um, so that's our that's the big three. That's our Harry, Ron, and Hermione of this movie. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the like I said, the first like twenty to thirty minutes is kind of a lot of exposition, us being introduced to a lot of characters. I guess we also didn't talk about Max's parents. Um, mm-hmm. Max's dad dresses as a lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he works for an advertising firm, which I guess they advertise food. Yeah. Which and and he like, my guess is that he dresses up as the main character, or like the um, you know, the spokesperson for it, and then like goes and pitches new ideas as that character. Yeah, played by That's Robert kind of guess. Carradine, also in uh Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> low budget Stephen Colbert, the same, the same character in. Lizzie McGuire, essentially. Yeah. Do you 100%. think? Are you saying he looks like Stephen Colbert? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see it. With dreamier hair, definitely. With, oh, his hair was very dreamy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much the main characters in this movie. Um. So he goes to school. It's a new school year. Um. And uh, the big the big moment that kind of starts the story is his parents tell him that they are moving to Chicago, Chicago. for a new job. Um, so, and Max is very bummed out because this is where his friends live. Yeah, and this was like going to be his year to make. This his is going to be his year to make his mark to be the coolest dude in the world. Um, and the Which school did just you- started, and they're moving in a week. It's very it's a very quick turnaround. Did you, when you went into like middle school or like specifically eighth grade, because, um, you know, eighth grade was like the peak of middle school, uh-huh. obviously for us, at least it was, um, it, did you feel like this is my year? I'm, I'm going to be the, the head honcho. I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to think so. I think I'm going to speak hated... with a British accent. <laughs> I definitely, well, like throughout middle school, I definitely would like have these moments where I was like, oh man, this could be like my thing that makes me cool. Like <laughs> I could wear a fedora. I could <laughs> I could wear I could, a baraclava to class. I could every be the guy day. that says hot dog. <laughs> Talk with a British accent. Your, yeah, what was your thing? Like when you were like, okay, this has gotta be my thing. What was yours? I don't know. I think I had a different one every week. Okay, well let's hear the one you can remember. I'm curious. Oh man, I would like frequently come up with like "Quote unquote catchphrases of like things that would make me. <laughs> you're the you're the catchphrase kid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it, it, I remember. Okay, this isn't middle school. This is elementary school. Do you remember okay. the um in a Bug's Life when uh Flick hits is on the dandelion I think and he hits the rock and he and he lifts up he points a finger up into the sky and he, and he, you hear him in a muffled voice say, "I am okay." Yep. Uh, I I would do that a lot and like third grade i would just like run around the playground i would fall down and i would stick a finger in the air and say i am okay and i thought that was hilarious and i thought everyone else also thought that was hilarious that's very cute that was very (laughs) cute yeah um what was yours did you have anything like that yes mine um oh man i hate this is that i was the impression person (laughs) that i could that i could do impressions i yeah and what actually got me um, friends initially in middle school was that uh, I, I, I watched Family Guy and I could do an impression of um, Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. Oh, as and every sixth grade fun. boy thought was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And that every sixth grade boy thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I would do that and people would think it was funny and I could make friends. 
like not not that like you imitating Herbert the pervert is good like podcast entertainment, but I do want to hear just like one second of it. My voice has dropped significantly since then. I still have what I consider to be a high voice, but it has dropped. So <clears throat> let me try. But but say something that he wouldn't say. Like say maybe oh. a, a line from Max Keeble as Herbert the pervert. Oh okay okay okay. Let me let me do this. Um, it's not like you just watched the movie yesterday. You can't remember. Yeah. One single this, line. Go ahead. This is a line from Principal Jim Drake. Okay. All right, ready? <clears throat> Stop smiling. This isn't a happy place. That's, uh, well, guys, I hope uh, <laughs> y'all all didn't turn off the podcast because we've resorted to imitating Family Guy characters quoting <laughs> lines from Max Keeble's big move. Here's the thing. That imitation came out better than I thought it would. No, was. yeah, it was actually pretty good. You did a good job. <laughs> and then uh, I could also imitate at the time then-President George W. Bush, and so people thought that was funny. Okay, let's hear a line as Bush. <laughs> Which I I think you knew me when I was still quoting or imitating George W. Bush. Oh yeah, if not, definitely. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, you do improv, so like you gotta be able to imp- pull do a George a Bush out. Bush sometime. impression. Uh, can you say "sweet a can" as George Bush? All right. Here. <laughs> Sweet a can. <laughs> <laughs> that one came out much worse than I thought it would. That was very bad. <laughs> But I, I could do it, it as a kid. I swear. I actually no, I got don't. on the I actually got on the radio doing George Bush as a kid. No, you did not. I did. I did. I got on uh, what was uh, KZ one hundred six, the classic rock station. I got on the radio doing a George Bush impression. And now we're gonna bring on Clint Page. He's a student from Chattanooga <laughs> Christian School, and he's got a killer George Bush impression. No, this was when I was at David Brainerd Christian okay. School. <laughs> All right, we're gonna bring on. Uh, uh, ninth grader Clint W. Page, who's going to impersonate George W. Bush. He's going to be saying lines for Max Keeble, um, and then we'll get back to uh, playing uh, the Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, go ahead, Clint. So what, what do you want to say to the people out there? All I want to say was, uh, see you bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why, why were you on the radio for this? Well, and it's so dumb. Have how often have you listened to KZ one hundred six? I don't know that I ever have. Okay, they they imitate a character from a movie called Sling Blade, um, named Carl Childers. Okay, and Carl, um, he, he talks like this. Mm-hmm. He's actually a mentally deficient man, and they make fun of him on the on the radio. Great, and uh, yeah, it's hilarious. It actually is really funny. Um, mm-hmm. but my dad could and still does like a pitch perfect impression of, um, that character from the movie. And so my dad called in <laughs> to like get on the radio to talk like this. And he's like, and here next to me is George W. Bush. <laughs> 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 and I guess they thought it was funny enough that they put it on the radio, like for a brief second. Man, I didn't realize that you were pretty famous before we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. How but. else can I afford to do this podcast and nothing else? <laughs> You're still getting royalty checks from that one appearance from on two, KZ 106. <laughs> I, I, still, I still do uh, guest appearances every now and then. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> people's big move. So, I mean, it's not a very, like, linear plot. It's no, just I'm kind not. of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moments that happen. 
uh, but basically, I mean, basically the the big point, the big plot of this is that Max gets in trouble at school frequently. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whether it's his fault or not, he gets in trouble, and um, basically he realizes that he's moving in a week. There are no consequences. Right. He can't be punished. So he's just like causing all kinds of ruckus. Just to, that's his way to make his mark. Is to go out and be the bad kid. Right. Sorry, I just burped. Um, it's okay, man. Off mic. But it, that's his thing is that he's going to go out and be the bad kid and he can't be punished. He's, he has immunity because he's moving away. Right. And, and, and this sparks from his teacher like telling him like, you're going to write me this essay that's due Friday. 2,000 words. 2,000 words. On why rules are important in society. Because he was he was late to class or something. Yeah. Uh, because Troy McGinty bullied Gave him. Gave him right? a swirly. Yes. Yeah. Which, these te- these teachers are awful. Max walks in dripping wet, and his teacher's, like, angry at him. Like, there's no empathy. Mm-hmm. But, and it, it, what kind of sparks Max being, you know, target number one for the school administration is that Troy throws him in some mud and then throws him in the dumpster, and then Max swings open the doors and walks into a school assembly that Jim Drake is having. Right, and which which was funny because, like, yeah, obviously that's not his fault because it was Troy who threw him into the dumpster on all this stuff, but he does decide to just open the doors of the assembly <laughs> and walk straight down the middle aisle. Like, yeah. I feel like it, it, he brought it on himself. It, it, it did seem bit. like he was trying to draw attention to himself he, he handled bit. the situation poorly but the point of it is he catches a rough break um is getting punished by his teacher for it and then decides like hey she's gonna make me write this essay by friday we're moving friday i can do whatever i want because i'm yeah. leaving this place pretty much um and so like uh the the overall point of the movie i guess his arc is gonna be like he uh he's gonna be a rebel and he Mm -hmm. he learns to like stand up for himself but he learns like the right way and the right time to do it i guess is the general idea of what the lesson he's supposed to learn which he's not gonna be he's not gonna be a squish you know sure he teaches so um he he teaches other people to stand up for himself. He teaches his dad to stand up his for himself. His dad specifically to quit his job. Right. <laughs> and but we we're getting ahead of ourselves. So what what are the, some of the things that he does in his rebellion? Uh um, he breaks into the school at night with his friends. Right. Um what do they what do they do? What do they set up? Oh well, they they, um, they paint they, the the mural that uh Drake pulls down when he's doing announcements to the school. They yeah, like, the the Oval Office behind him. They, they draw like a, the Oval Office. a big uh, bubble that says "I'm wearing a thong." On it. <laughs> and, uh, this was very funny stuff on there. Um, uh, they they filled his um, breath spray with animal pheromones. Yes, nature's dating service. Nature's dating service, according to that teacher, that all those boys <laughs> wanted to. I just heard, no, not all those boys, specifically Robe. And oh, <laughs> that's one of the funniest parts of the movie. <laughs> I can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my fingers. Uh, man. Well, all the boys, actor. every every boy, but mostly Robe. Yeah, I don't I don't think Max is was really just, effective, but he's distracted. They were just absolutely in love with the science teacher, the new science teacher. Uh-huh. Um, who's an attractive younger woman who uh, Robe, Robe is very much infatuated with, with yeah um so yeah that's one of the things uh they also we we haven't talked about the animal shelter part oh, of yeah. this which yeah, is yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. So it, Max volunteers at this animal shelter, I guess, and mm-hmm. they're gonna Which is shut just down. like in a parking lot, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna shut down the animal shelter because Principal Gendrake is building a new football stadium to try mm-hmm. and impress this dude who because he wants his job. The superintendent. Yes. Um, and so, um. That's that's a part of the movie, I guess, is them trying to save sort this of. animal shelter. Um, because I, I guess that's supposed to be like the heart of the movie. Right, and that's what I'm going to pitch to you here, is that a better version of this movie... I know we normally talk about our ideal version of the movie at the end. Um, yeah, but, but who I, cares? I, Much like Max Keeble, we do not <laughs> run linear. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think this part of the movie does not need to be in it. The an- we don't need yeah, the yeah, animal yeah. shelter plot line at all. It's no. pointless. Um, the the idea of them like I, I actually started laughing out loud because I forgot about this and like when they introduced the this thing where it's like the animal shelter is gonna close down. What are we gonna do? Like that is the most like cliche <laughs> plotline I could even imagine. The orphanage it, is gonna be torn down. It's not know? what the movie's about. It's not. I I guess it's so that Max can like be a hero in some way. Right. But it's just it's pointless. And it also makes Principal Gendrake seem like a genuinely bad dude because he doesn't care about all these animals. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think we need that at all. I agree 100%. Very nice. Um, okay, so what are some other stuff that he does to rebel? He he do, he has this great plot to sort of mess with the bullies. Um, yeah, we'll, to we'll, become a bully himself. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so he does very much become a bully. So let's talk about the Troy McGinty thing first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that scene was actually pretty scary. Really, really scary, but really funny. So he, well, first he like opened, uh, Troy McGinty is, is opening his locker and he hears the McGoogles theme song <laughs> and it's it's just Robe on the other side of the wall playing it through this speaker that he's pressing up to the wall and every mm-hmm. time he shuts the door, no, it's it's Max and, and Robe is signaling him to play it when he opens and shuts the locker door and so like troy like thinks he's going crazy um and and then later troy is in a dark gym <laughs> and mcgoogles in full costume walks in and is playing the Saunt- song saunters into the gym <laughs> it's very scary like i was thinking like if i was in the situation i would be screaming oh it, it, i mean even if you're not afraid of my right. googles it's still really funny. He had which... nowhere to go. Yeah, so it's very, it's a very upsetting scene, um, but it's great because that's how that's how he gets his revenge on Troy. Um, Dobbs and uh, the ice cream man uh, are sort of intertwined. So he he takes Dobbs' uh, handheld, his pawn yeah. pilot that he <laughs> uses. His to... pawn. It's a pawn pilot. Yeah, um, and and then he takes the ice cream man's. Coil, which is like we're just supposed to understand his cooling that the coil, coil is what makes the ice cream not melt. Yeah, it's the co- magic coil. Um, and so he pulls off this great plot where he uh, tells each one, like he tells Dobbs, like, "Hey, if you want to uh, get your uh, your Palm Pilot back, come back or come meet me at the dump and then he tells the same thing to the ice cream man about his coil and so they both like think they're coming to like trade each other the goods yeah um, and he's, it, he's made them turn against each other 
Right. And while we're talking about the dump, I, I do want to bring up, it's very funny that that's just where the kids hang out. <laughs> well, I think, I think Rob's, Rob's dad owns it. I'm pretty oh, sure. okay. I miss that. Um, so they're just, they're sitting at the dump. Like anytime they're just talking, they're watching like cars get crushed and stuff. And like, which is really cool. Yes. Robe is sitting in like an old, like tilt a whirl chair. Yeah. Uh, Max is sitting on like a, a horse from a playground. And then I think Megan's sitting on some other random, like a lawn chair or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they hang out at the dump. Uh, Max tricks them into meeting at the dump. He lifts up the ice cream man's <laughs> truck with a with a crane, which a crane, is full a big, of melted a big ice cream. A very big crane. Um, incredibly dangerous. He picks it up with the the claw, and he's just holding it up by the big ice cream cone he, on top. He picks it up from a a part of the truck that is not structurally connected right. to the truck. It would not hold. <laughs> no, it's made of plaster. It is, and and he holds it over them, and he dumps ice Melted cream ice cream on them. Yep, uh, good prank. Um, very good prank. And then they realize it's him, basically. Yes, they look up at him and they say, "Cable, cable." And uh, Troy is also like in therapy, and so he, because he was scared to death by McGoogles, right? And then he realizes that it was Keeble that did that too. Yep. But uh, with uh, the final, the final prank was on um, Principal Jim Drake, uh-huh. which I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was that he put animal pheromone in um, his breath spray. Right. Yeah, and we've so already talked those, about some of this. Yeah, he... all those, all those animals from the uh, the pettings or from the shelter wanted a piece of Jim Drake. Yeah. He, well, he kind of does a lot of stuff to Jim Drake because he does that, and That's then he true. also does the the thing in the video, like the screen he pulls down behind him he vandalizes it making mm-hmm. him look like a fool um he also uh the food fight scene is kind of a prank on jindrake so jindrake is bringing this guy uh, crazy legs <laughs> who's yeah. an alumni of the school <laughs> he's right? the uh, superintendent yes but he was wasn't he also an alumni or did i just y- imagine yeah that? i'm pretty sure at one point he um, was an alumni and he's like a really good football player and he wants to impress him um and so uh, he's he's getting a tour of the school, and when he walks into the lunchroom, Max has started this enormous food fight, which is a great scene, uh, a very well directed food fight scene. <laughs> it seemed like those kids were like genuinely having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, like um, a lot of a lot of what was happening in that scene. I did read in trivia was that like all the lines and stuff were improvised, and yeah, you know they they were just like have fun and yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> I like how uh, as soon as the food fight starts, like a few of the kids pull out a giant slingshot. Like, oh, they yeah, just I that prepped. <laughs> like, it's my time. <laughs> I like to think that like Max like planted those things around the lunchroom. <laughs> oh yeah, like planned ahead and just kind of set up the whole all the dominoes to fall all at once. Uh huh. And so it, that happens right as Jindrick is giving a tour to Crazy Legs, who mm-hmm. walks in and sees this, and is not impressed. Nope, he's very mad and and pulls out a pen. Yes, he yeah he writes something down. It, it just says no. I bet <laughs> it just says this looks like fun. I should <laughs> have a food fight sometime. <laughs> Note to self: have food fight. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that's one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. That's the one one of the things that stuck in my memory. Oh yeah, hundred percent made me want to have a food fight. Let's do it. Yeah, let's have a food fight right now. What have you got in your hand? Uh, I've got my phone. 
Okay, I have a I have a machine gun, so I've won this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- so this is this is the point in the movie where all of his pranks are coming together. He's wreaking mm-hmm. havoc on the on the school. His master plan is all falling into place. Right. Um, and then what do we find out from his parents? He, surprise, surprise. He's not moving. Nope. Because, which is kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't realize this until I watched it recently. It's because his dad like learned from him to stand up for himself. Yeah. He quit yeah. his job and he's like, I'm going to start my own business and stay here. And uh, which one thing that we kind of glossed over a little bit because of the food fight, because Max has become a bad boy, um, mm-hmm. his uh, I or his object of desire, Jenna, now notices him. Oh yeah, she thinks he's and super cool. She thinks he's super cool. And his friends are trying to throw him a going away party, which was very sweet. I thought they had their little hats. <laughs> yeah, it's a very sweet party. <laughs> it was very cute. And um, he goes to the Sodi bar and has uh, some milkshakes and dan- <laughs> and dances with little Romeo. <laughs> He's chugging milkshakes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah little, little, little Romeo was just in this movie as himself. <laughs> That, that, in my opinion, was the funniest part, was when the teacher was calling the role at the beginning of the movie. They're like, uh, Josh, here, Max, here, Little Romeo. And it's just, it's Little Romeo. And he's just like, I'm, I'm here. And the teacher, the teacher who you don't see anymore in the movie yeah. goes, I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, Little Romeo is great. I forgot that he was in this. He just is himself. Um, yeah, Little Romeo is Little Romeo. Which this, this is Disney and didn't... Little Romeo like had a TV show Disney, Nick, yeah. didn't he? Did, no, Little was Romeo Nick. was a really? Did he really? I think so. I can't remember. Can we confirm well, that real quick? Yeah, pause oh, while I look no, it up. I see it near. It's Teen Nick. His show was called. Romeo yes, with you are exactly point. right. Romeo exclamation point. He was on Teen Nick. He was on Teen Nick. So interesting. Uh, not that interesting. <laughs> but I thought uh, he was. A, he originally started out as a Disney kid. Yeah, and then he became a Nick kid. He Which a little, kid at some point. Romeo exclamation point gets uh, a a four point one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to do that one. I've never watched. I don't, I don't think we need to do an episode on it. I mean, oh I've, no, I've we never do not. Watched a show, an, an episode of it. Um, Fifty two episodes. Wow. Wow. Uh, Romeo, check it out, kids. Could be good. Ro- Romeo exclamation point. Check it out, kids. But he's in this movie, and he. Uh, <laughs> so Max is dancing with Jenna on the table. <laughs> Which is, we should point out, Max is like three feet tall and Jenna's like seven feet tall. Oh, he, she is so <laughs> much larger than him. It's so funny. Um, it it like looks weird for her to be flirting with him. <clears throat> it looks it looks dirty that she's flirting with him. It looks wrong, and they're dancing yeah. on the table. And uh, Megan and Robe walk up and see them, and Megan is very sad and runs away. Because uh, she, she likes him. Yeah, she likes him. As Robe then tells him, hey, Megan likes you. She really likes you. So, and Max is like, oh, dang. Hmm. Oh, she's a girl. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) She took off her glasses. Yeah. She took off her glasses like, whoa, you're, you're a girl. Yeah. But, and then she, she threw a football correctly. And then they're like, whoa. Wow. uh, You're just like me. (laughs) You're just like me. But, um, I will say what was kind of cringy, or actually really cringy about the Jenna Max relationship was like when they were in front of her house and she's like, Max, right? Yeah, you're the one that started the food fight. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. You're a bad boy. And, um, wow, that was wrong emphasis. But um, <laughs> he, um, 
like they she encourages him to get milkshakes just one milkshake but he has a drinking problem and (laughs) um they walk off on the sidewalk and you just see them from behind and she puts her arm around him and then like tussles his hair and it's like oh that's so nasty oh that's gross very strange his very good very well spiked up hair his very spiked up hair um did you ever had hair spiked up like that i did on the front i wore my hair like a mop top for a while i was a front spiker too yeah as was every kid uh some of them some of them were like max and we're like hey spike this whole thing let's make this hair very difficult (laughs) i want this hair to be painful to the anyone who touches it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want my parents to go broke buying hair gel. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is our our crisis moment where mm-hmm. uh, all is lost. Megan is mad at Max, um, and Max is also found out that he is not moving. So he's going to have to pay the consequences of all the terrible things he's done. He's trying to save face. Um, and so ultimately, he just decides like I'm just gonna like. St- I'm going to stand up to the bullies and I'm going to, you know, he really doesn't like say I'm going to face the consequences of, of my actions. He, he never he tries really to does run. For, he tries to run from it. He absolutely <laughs> does. Um, and so that's one part of the movie that is not great is it's not really clear what Max has learned. Like he, he's learned to stand up to bullies, which is great. The school bands together to yeah. uh, fight the bullies or whatever. And put them in garbage. Um, he doesn't really repent of his actions <laughs> of no, the horrible deeds that he does. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and it, uh, the the part where he learned, more or less, but didn't execute that he needed to kind of step up and take ownership of his actions was he was talking to the janitor, which, right. the, the creepy old janitor, and the janitor says to him, um, any kid can make a mess. It takes a grown man to clean it up. Okay, yeah, that's true. So that 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 counts for something. I would say he's he's realizing that he has made a mess and he's going to clean up the mess. I don't really know what he does other than um the whole school comes together and he he throws Tr- Troy and Dobbs into a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um and and then the way he the the whole principal plot line ends is uh they like fight <laughs> in the animal shelter <laughs> yeah basically and then all the animals uh try to bone down with principal jim drake right because he's wearing nature's dating service did you notice that when they look at they pull up that powerpoint slide that's a pie chart of the school's budget um when mm-hmm. they break into the office there's uh um one of the percentages is breath spray <laughs> no, I did. I did not see. So he that has a certain percentage of the school's budget. For, I couldn't pause the movie, unfortunately, but I wanted to look at that. I wasn't sure if you saw it or not. Eagle-eyed viewers will note that <laughs> Principal Gingerick has breath spray in his school budget. That, that he factors in breath spray to the budget of a school. Right. That's not coming out of his pocket. Because according to him, they don't need fire extinguishers and milk. Right. That's true. Um. So, I guess the movie ends with him just kind of fighting all the bullies. <laughs> yeah, and winning. And, I mean, he does certainly learn, like, hey, I should be, like, loyal to my friends. Uh, well, he, and... fi- he fights the bullies because the bullies find out it's Max, then they find out Max is moving, so they mm-hmm. take it out on his friends. 
they're like right. i'm gonna bully and you for the like, rest of the year for the rest of your life and so he's like i don't want that to happen to my friends okay so that's yeah. his ownership that's fair he's taking ownership for that and he and uh but kind of the school rallies behind him we get that fun scene where uh robe comes in with a conductor's <laughs> baton and they're playing with this robe tied it. to the conductor's baton the marching band and the 27 year old football players which were so funny they're yeah. these european football players that were actually american the whole time i think we're supposed to believe that they were in ninth grade well what i what the joke is behind it and i figured this out later is that they are actually just grown men and they were pretending to be these giant Europeans so oh. that they could w- destroy in high school football. Because at one point, uh, you know, when they're confronting the bullies, one of the European football players says, like, in a full American accent, yeah, we're not going to listen to you. Yeah. And then they all kind of, like, turn around and look at him. He's like, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that that's what the joke was. I thought the joke was there that he sounded intelligent or something. That makes a lot more sense, and that's kind of funny. The school bands together. They defeat all the bullies. He saves the animal shelter because Ginger gets fired, um, which means he can't, you know, build this football stadium. stadium on the. Which I'm not sure why he had the power to do that in the first place. He did not. <laughs> I, he did not. <laughs> I guess he knew the guy who owned the land or something. I don't know. That, That's that weird. is a public school and would have to get get so much approval. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, why did why did Ginger get fired again? What did he do exactly? Uh, he was embezzling money, more or oh, less. Sure. And then the 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 movie ends with them kind of realizing that the ice cream <laughs> the ice cream man plot wasn't ever tied up. So <laughs> he defeated all the other bullies. So the last shot is him running from the ice cream man. Yeah, just kind of like pot freeze frame, you know, that type of thing. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a, I think it's a decent movie that I enjoy very much. Yeah, I enjoy. I had a fun time watching this movie. I definitely like it better than Spy Kids, and I'm only comparing it to Spy Kids because it's currently the my first choice for like my favorite film that we've watched for the the show so far. I right. definitely like it better. I don't know if I can say with certain certainty that it's a better movie, but I like it better for sure. It was it was definitely more enjoyable to watch. For it, me, it, for my, for me, it played in to the nostalgic factor of enjoyment much more than, you know, this right. one did. And I'm trying to figure out if if it's just nostalgia is the reason I loved it so much, or if I really would like it if I saw it now as an adult. Certainly less, mm-hmm. but I think I still would like it quite a bit. I think there's a lot of like really funny stuff in it. Yeah, I think yeah. So should we transition into our uh, our questions? Sure, yeah, let's do so it. So I'll ask you, um, so our three questions, three patent pending questions. Uh, I forgot the questions, oh no. Is this movie good for kids? Is this movie good for kids? Is it, Eli? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say for sure for kids. Um, I Well, with one caveat, I think some of the messaging is a little bit unclear, as I said. Uh-huh. But I don't think as a kid, and I was certainly like the right age to where I, I was... I was the target audience for this movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think I came away with any, like, messed up messaging. I th- I think I knew that the things that Max was doing were wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, and that he, like, learned his lesson in the end. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, the filmmakers did do a good job of, you know, while Max is the hero, by not making it seem like 
he was justified in what yeah. he was doing. I do think there's more that could have been done in the third act to make him like. I, I think we should have seen Max get punished a little bit more. I would yeah, say. Yeah, probably. But uh, is this movie good for adults? I I want to cautiously say yes because I'm an adult now and I watched it and I loved it. Um, would I have loved it as much if I hadn't seen it as a kid? I'm not positive, but yeah, I think so because there's so much that I think is very funny. I think I still would have enjoyed it as an adult. All right. And the third question, which I am forgetting is, does it stand the purely nostalgia test of time? Does it stand the purely nostalgia test of time? Absolutely for me. Perfect. Um, I agree with you on the first question. Okay. Is that it is good for kids. I would let my kids watch it. Not at a young age, probably like, mid middle school is when i would be okay with them watching it just because of like you said some of the morals uh i'm sure my kids will be very dumb and i want them to be smarter to be able to glean the correct morals from this i could see Uh, a middle schooler thinking they're too old for this movie though i I was definitely earlier than middle school when i saw it when i say middle school i mean like a sixth grader that's yeah i could see a sixth grader thinking like i don't know yeah that's fair Okay. Depend. It depends. I saw. I saw it in first grade, so that's the only reason. Oh I'm wow. Saying that, but. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess it was second. Like, is it is it good for adults? Um, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. I mean, it's not harmful to adults in any way, yeah. but um, for adults that haven't seen it, they probably won't enjoy it that much. But it's good for adults that have seen it. Yeah, it's fine for adults. I'll say. Yeah, I think and, there are some genuinely funny moments that adults will oh, appreciate. Yeah. The, the, much to, you know, the classic Disney stuff, there's always going to be winks for the adults for them to laugh at. Yeah, and I think pretty often we use humor as our, like, as our baseline for, like, saying if it's good for adults. And obviously, like, there's more to a movie than just is it funny. Not every yeah. movie is a comedy. I also don't, I, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I don't think it's, like, horribly written i think no, it's no, fine no. i think it's a fun story that works yeah and and uh the final question does it stand the purely nostalgia test of time 100 percent, it does yep definitely there's no there is no doubt in my mind that this movie will always be enjoyable to me if in some part just because of the purely nostalgia value of it yep agreed um Cool. Clint, I understand you have a new segment that you would like to introduce. I, I do. Do you have a sound effect for it? I do. Okay. So this segment uh, is based off of IMDb. Um, it's it's called uh, Sinful Moments. <laughs> Perfect. What else could I have asked for? Um, is that a basic- play on precious moments like the it, little angel? Yes, thing? it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, this is reviewing the parents' guide part of the IMDb page for this movie. Okay. And what I'm going to do, just you know, this is of course kind of a, a trial run with this. Uh, is it's divided up in the sections of sex and nudity, violence <laughs> and gore. <laughs> Max Cable. <laughs> this section is surprisingly long. Sex and nudity, <laughs> nudity, violence and gore, profanity, alcohol, drug and smoking abuse, and then fighting and intense scenes. So I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to let you choose which category do you want to start with. Sex and nudity. Okay, try and guess something that happened in the sex and nudity <laughs> section. Um... He almost kisses a girl in the first scene. Yes, that is correct. In the dream sequence, Jenna puckers up for her puckers up her lips as she leans in to give Max a kiss, though they are interrupted. You are okay. correct. Yep. 
uh, like I said, this section is long, so try and guess one more. Um, I'm going to say it probably has something in there about girls wearing low-cut shirts. You stuff. are 100% right, actually. Yeah, I've uh, read an IMDb parents' guide section before. Yeah, it says Jenna is usually... It's all about Jenna. Whoever wrote this has some body envy against Jenna. I guess so. Uh, Jenna is usually shown wearing tight, <laughs> tight cleavage, cleavage revealing tops, tight pants, and short skirts. So uh, another part of the sex nudity section is uh, it says this film does not contain any nudity. <laughs> so, so it's like if <laughs> oh, you're if you God. see the ti- if you see the title and you're like, well, let's look on the parents' guide. No nudity. Ow. So, uh, <laughs> choose um, one more section for me. Um, let's do the violence one. Violence and gore. Okay, there is but one, uh, one section. So, um, tell me what you think is exhibited uh, in violence one. and gore. Oh, there's just one. I feel like this is a pretty violent movie. Um, it's kind. Of, I'll give you a hint. It's kind of uh, generalizing a lot of it. Okay. Um, is it about bullying? It's just just like kids being thrown into dumpsters and stuff. Yes, uh, it okay. says uh, there is some bullying in this film, which is done by two of the antagonists of the film. Usually the result is physical, but they do it off screen. Right. There also oh. is a fight scene between a child and his principal. And a, and a grown man. But yeah, uh, yeah that's, our, that's our new section. Let us know what you think about it. That is uh, Sinful Moments. Uh, while we're, can we please do the profanity one too? Oh, yeah, 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 let's <laughs> Just see. Um, I wish I'd named that for my other choice. Okay, profanity, none. <laughs> There's so, nothing? Okay, never mind. It says I th- nothing. I thought they would, like, say something about him. Like crap or something Yeah, like something that. like that. Okay, yeah. hey, it's a clean film. Good film. Good, clean, good, clean fun. Good, clean fun. Um, so, um, now we can do our reoccurring segment. Get rid of the old stuff. Let's get or the, the new stuff. Let's go to the greatest hits of hot takes from online. Um, so I found three of them. Uh, two of them okay. I'm going to read the full reviews because they are very funny. Okay. Um, but the first one that is just the title based alone is <laughs> why I liked Max Keeble's big move. <laughs> <laughs> that's an essay that I wrote. That's the essay that's a, and is literally like five paragraphs long. And that's brought to us by DDB Samuel. So, thanks, DDB Samuel. Uh, the next one is uh, from Princess underscore Jana, and uh, it just says "cool movie." Um, Agreed. Very and, cool. And uh, the full review says, "Hi, I saw this movie, and I personally think it rocks. Rocks is spelled R-O-X, but obviously there are other commenters who don't agree." Uh-oh. I think they have a right uh, to their own opinion, but don't <laughs> let them stop you from watching the movie. The movie is funny and adventurous, and I love it. Plus, Alex D. Lynn's Max Keeble is a major hottie. Five exclamation points <laughs> equal sign close parentheses. He um, is, though. He is a major hottie. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, those who diss the movie are maybe older than me. I'm 13. <laughs> to me, it was cool. If you disagree, don't force others not to watch it. If you're reading, go rent Max Keeble's Big Move. This is how I feel about the people that are trying to get The Last Jedi remade. Uh, Are you Princess underscore Janna? I am not. Okay. Uh, And then the final review. um, 
And, um, what the heck? Uh, the, it comes from Act Real. Uh, Real spelled R- spelled R E E L. Smart. Okay. Um, and the title is Brooke Smith. So, uh, what? Th- th- yeah, the full review says I must agree with most of the negative comments, but Uh-oh. at the same time, I remind you that it is simply silly, stupid slapstick, <laughs> uh, as it was intended to be it and not art in all caps, okay. uh, and doesn't pretend to be. Also, Brooke Smith, as Max's object of desire, is wonderful. She's a real dot, dot, dot. And it doesn't say anything else after that. What? Wait, That's so Brooke full... Smith is Jenna. Is Jenna, yeah, the actress that plays And they Jenna. titled the, the review Brooke Smith. Brooke Smith, yeah. So the whole right. review was just about Brooke Smith. Well, if there's any FBI people watching, I would like for you to keep an eye on this person. Yeah, because they were, Brooke Smith was a child at the time. Strange. Okay. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Um, any any other crazy segments you've got for us? I think I'm all tapped out for crazy all segments. Out. Yeah. Hey, I'm satisfied. Um, we already talked about what our ideal version of this movie would be. For me, I like I said the the animal shelter uh, plot line. Let's get rid of it. And then I I think we need to see Max um, punished at the end. I think we need to see him like facing the consequences. Yeah, of his actions a, a little some bit more. consequences to his actions would have been nice. Past uh, the. The three questions test for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, three out of With three. So it, it goes in our pantheon of great movies. Goes in our pantheon of great movies. All hail Max Keeble. All hail um, Max Keeble. Okay, so the plan for next, well, not next, next week, in two weeks, uh, on July mm-hmm. 11th, we will be releasing our episode on The Incredibles, the first one. Yes, the first the Incredibles. One. So excited. Um, our first animated movie that we're going to be talking about on Purely Nostalgia. Very excited. I think for me and Clint both, it's one of our favorite movies. Is oh, that true 100%. For you? Yes, yeah. 100%. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, it, it, it does feel refreshing to me. While I do enjoy being cynical, and I mm-hmm. think that that's where my comedy kind of shines the most is in my cynicism, mm-hmm. it is refreshing to talk about a good movie. <laughs> it very much is, and I, I, I think... Um, or at least a movie we enjoyed. Yes, we we both enjoyed Max Keeble. I don't think I certainly would not call Max Keeble a masterpiece. I think The Incredibles is a a masterpiece. Yeah, that will be <laughs> our first movie that. that we have both enjoyed and say is arbitrarily great. It's almost perfect. So yeah. uh, that's that's July 11th. Uh, the following week, so we we do release episodes biweekly, but we're gonna break that rule once. We're gonna do. July 18th, we'll go ahead and do an Incredibles 2 episode just so you guys don't have to wait too terribly long um, yep. because it's topical. Hey, we want to get that hashtag. We want to get that Incredibles 2 hashtag. Start retweeting the tweet with the, the Incredibles 2 Incredibles episode. Incredibles 2 hashtag, Incredibles 2 app. I don't really know if it's going to do any good because it will already have been out for a month. I've already seen the <laughs> film, have you? I have too. I have too. <laughs> I hated it. Just kidding. I didn't. Uh, did I like it? Did I love it? Who knows? It? We'll Who find knows? out we'll in find out later. three weeks. Um, three weeks. And then after that, I guess, I, our, <laughs> we haven't talked about this, but our next episode you want to say will come out two weeks after July 18th, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go back to two weeks after that. And then we will figure out what's next. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We might do another series. We might do another one-off. Um, but we will we have let another you guys poll. know. Who that. knows? 
We may do another poll. I kind of liked that. We may do that again. Maybe we could pit robots against another movie. <laughs> See just how many times robots <laughs> loses. If it gets it, if it gets uh, eliminated again, it's gone. We never talk about it. It's done. Oh, we destroy I, I, it. I can agree with that. I think that might be fun. Um, okay, so uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at purely nostalgia. Um, I am at Elisha P. Smith is my account. And I am at Clint J.H. Page. The J.H. is for jazz hands, not for Candle Daddy. (laughs) Surprisingly. (laughs) Um, uh, Follow me on Letterboxd. I'm Elisha P. Smith on there as well. And Uh, uh, I don't have an account. Yeah, you're Terry Nutbutter123 or whatever, but you know what, guys? (laughs) I don't think he has any followers. I think we're (laughs) just going to lay him to rest. (laughs) Terry Uh, Nutbutter's being buried, uh, buried alive and (laughs) laid to rest as he should be. He's a disgusting man. The reason for this is I forgot the password. (laughs) Um, But yeah, follow me on there. also on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook, yeah, Facebook. Group. We've got a Facebook group where you guys can chat, tell us what we got wrong, tell us what we are great at, tell us which one of us is more handsome. I am um, more handsome. Tell us what you thought of Clint's Herbert the Pervert impression. Was it good? Would you like to see more of like that on the podcast? More, would you like to hear more Family Guy impressions? <laughs> Here's Stewie. Mommy. <laughs> that was good, dude. Thank you. You want to hear Peter? Give me an, uh, actually give me an impression of anybody. Anybody. <sighs> Can it not be it. a Family Guy character? Anybody yes. in the world? Anybody okay. in the world. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Okay. What do you want me to say as Bernie Sanders? Uh, Should I read another Max Keeble quote? Yes, absolutely. Do um. Let me pull up Max Keeble quotes. This is Bernie Sanders quoting Max Keeble's big move. You're a smart little boy, but so am I. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, this is give, good. I think we me, should give me what? one more. Okay, one more. You already got the quote ready. Uh, give. I, I can do a sick Alan Rickman, and you know this. Re- Alan Rickman. Yeah, let's do that. McGoogles ate Max's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Max people are new celebrity. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Gee, I have no idea what, at what point um, this uh, happened in the movie, but this is a quote from Principal Jim Drake. Okay. I agree completely. Slap me that biscuit. Oh, that hot one. <laughs> that could be a prank from someone on IMDb. I guess. <laughs> I don't remember that either. Um. Great. Yeah, definitely let us know in the face group if you'd like more Alan Merkman impressions. <laughs> Specifically, it's Severus Snape is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's Severus Snape. It's not Alan Rickman playing anybody else. It's just mm-hmm. Snape. Just Snape. Um, well, as always, see you bassoon. All right, Clint, you're driving home right now. What do you see? Uh, I see uh, a, a truck in front of me. It, it's a semi-truck. It's very shiny, and it almost looks like uh, the floor of Steak and Shake. 
the truck it the truck itself looks like the floor of steak and shake yeah what you would imagine the floor of steak and shake looks like i don't have to imagine i've been there okay i also see uh two billboards stacked on top of each other like lovers uh the first <laughs> one is a shoney's and the bottom one is a fazoli's oh, <laughs> <laughs>